what a day. What a joy to consider at the cross, at the cross, Lord. And we can sing this song, Lord God, and we can say we surrender our lives, Lord, not just as individuals, but as a church together. Father, we want to lift you up today. Lord, and at the core of our beings, Lord, as we want to say to you, Father, reveal Christ to us anew, Lord. Lord, where the world, Father God, comes in and brings confusion and tries to redefine the gospel. Father, we pray that you will bring us back to the heart of what you have done for us, Lord. The gospel is the good news of a God in heaven that gave His only begotten Son that we can live. It's the good news. It's not good advice to be more Christian-like and to live better lives, Lord. God, it's about knowing You. It's about becoming like You, Lord. It's about, Father, living lives that, that reflect this moment that we celebrate today, Crucifixion Day. Father, and we call it Good Friday, but it was different for Jesus. And because, Jesus, you were willing to go through that, we can be here today. The joy is set before you, Father. We want to thank you, Lord. Father, we want to worship you. We want to give our lives as living and holy sacrifices. Because you are worthy, Lord Jesus. It's such a joy, it's such a privilege being righteous before you. Being saved. Lord, knowing that we've got an eternal hope, Lord. What a joy. Thank you for Good Friday. Lord, it's not about dates. It's not about knowing that historically we're on the exact date, Father God. It's what we commemorate. Yes. And our hearts of worship that accompany this action, Lord. So, Father, we are here to be with you, to worship you, and to allow you, Lord, just by your Spirit to move in our lives, to reveal a deeper sense and a deeper understanding of the Gospel. We love you, God. Friend, just as we, as we have eyes closed, in just a moment of prayer, why don't you just pray to God? Why don't you just take a moment and, and just apply this message of Good Friday, pass over in your own way, in a moment between you and God, no one else is there. Just speak to Him. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Father, we, as we read the Bible, we see so many times, Father, where men and women were confronted by you and their response, Lord. And I'm just thinking of Isaiah 6. And the end of Isaiah 6, Father, where Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. Lord, I pray, Father God, that this will be what you hear this morning. I know it's in every person's heart here. Yes. Here we are, Lord. Speak to us and send us. Amen. Amen. What an amazing start to our Good Friday message. Friends, we want to welcome you. It's such a joy to see everyone. It's such a joy. Chris and Lauren, wow, man, it's good to see you. I've been praying for you guys. There's a, there's a few people that I think will foretrack. 
you know, it's just precious to see you guys and what a joy to have you with us. As we celebrate Passover, we are, we are battling with a culture that, that seeks to define the gospel. And uh, we, we are in a, a constant battle in Christianity, friends, to, to take away the dubbing that happened over, over the gospel. I don't know if you, if you ever watch these programs on television that's dubbed from one language to another language. But then, you know, you can see the guy's lips moving and, and, and the conversation is done. And every time you dub over something, you, you take away from the original and you take away from the original meaning. And a good friend of mine, Safiwe, was, was preaching and I just looked at his, at his sermon and, and he, he illustrated it so powerfully. How culture tries to dub over the gospel. And every time you add a new language to the gospel, you kind of dilute it a little bit and you lose a little bit of the original. You can still see the picture, but you lose the strength and the impact of it. And as we are in times like this, friends, this is as, as, as we celebrate communion, we're going to celebrate communion later. All of this is God calling us back to the original. And he's filtering out all these dubbed messages. What culture is screaming over the gospel? What culture is screaming over, over Jesus' death and resurrection? That Jesus' death on the cross that we're celebrating today was really just about your happiness. And yes, I tell you, listen, I'm a father and I'm, this, I'm, 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 I'm a softy. You know, it's like one of those, what's I sweet, what's your heart? Bite this, uh, you can choose your sweet but you know there's, there's the, the hard outside and the soft inside you know I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest softy with my kids and, but the hard truth about the gospel the hard truth is at times we do need to be confronted with what really happened with what really happened. And this is what today is all about. And, and our battle is what do we do with Jesus? So I was preparing. I was, I was reminded of a, of a, of a poem that I, that I read and or that I heard preached on. And it's a, it's a guy. He was the chaplain to the British Army. Man that loved God with all his heart. And he wrote this poem. And the question really is what do we do with Jesus nowadays? He was crucified on this day that we commemorate. But this is, the, this is the poem. It says, when Jesus came to Birmingham, when Jesus came to Golgotha, they hanged him on a tree. They drove great nails through his hands and feet and made a calvary. They crowned him with a crown of thorns. Red were his wounds and deep. For those were crude and cruel days. And human flesh were cheap. When Jesus came to Birmingham, they simply passed him by. They would not hurt a hair of him. They only let him die. For men had grown more tender. They would not give him pain. They only just passed down the street and left him in the rain. Still Jesus cried, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And still it rained. Ah, the winter rain that drenched him through and through. The crowds went home. And left the streets without a soul to see. 
and Jesus crouched against the wall. Our challenge is to, to get to the core of the message. My challenge is to see a Jesus that I worship today, that I see today. Good friend of mine, Alexander, says, Don't tell me about a Jesus whom you haven't seen this past week. Friends, the gospel, what happened on that cross, was not that we can become more religious. What happened at that cross was the power of God revealed. And when we understand this, the gospel becomes the, the guiding force to our lives. And when you hear about people giving their lives for the gospel, it simply becomes reasonable. The impact of the gospel in the New Testament days was people being martyred, being pulled to pieces by horses, people being crucified upside down, people standing up to a mob that would come to them with rocks and stone them because they say Jesus Christ is Lord instead of Caesar is Lord. So when we celebrate this day, this is a day that makes the church super dangerous. It's a gospel that transforms us and that's what we want to, we want to get back to seeing Jesus and not just handling him like the Christians in Birmingham that instead of crucifying him, we just deal with him with, 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 with um, gloves. Just softly, we just softly pass him by instead of crucifying him. It's just a different crucifixion. And Jesus crouched against the wall and cried for Calvary. Friends, may we, may we remove the dubbing of culture that culture is trying to put on the gospel and on this day. Good Friday. Let's stop and consider. Let's restore worship. Let's enter intimate adoration. Heartfelt commitment. The way we're going to look at this is I want to read you this scripture that the writer of Hebrews ends Hebrews off with. Now, Hebrews is a fascinating chapter. We're going to be preaching through the whole chapter, through the whole book of Hebrews soon. We're going to have 14 Sundays in one book. Are you prepared for this? You're going to love it. Hebrews is going to blow your mind. It's going to transform the way you look at Christianity. And we're going to do it chapter on chapter. You're going to love it. But as Hebrews ends off, you often... When you get to someone and you say, okay, what is the most important? You listen to the last thing that he says to you. All right. Hebrews 13 verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great, sheep of, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every work to do his will, working in, uh, working in you, what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. It's interesting that the writer of Hebrews says, whatever you heard me say in chapter 1 to 12, if you, if you forget this, then chapter 1 to 12 will be senseless to you. Remember the shepherd of the sheep. Remember the fact that he died. Remember that his blood flowed. And the writer of Hebrews says Everything that I'm telling you now is based on this one thing that happened years and years and years ago. And then 
Isaiah 53, I'm just trying to lay a foundation and then I'm going to go into what the Lamb did for us. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And, and by His wounds we are healed. That is why it's Good Friday for us. That's what we celebrate today. Friends, we does this idea of of Passover, the Passover message come from. There's a law first mentioned in the Bible. If you really want to understand something, you go to where it's mentioned the first time. Passover is mentioned the first time in Exodus 12, where Israel is leaving Egypt as free men and free women, a nation set free. And this whole freedom of the whole nation was based on the sacrifice of a lamb. Is it not interesting that you can look at the whole history of Israel and you can trace it back to one moment where a lamb was slain and blood was applied to the lintels of a door. And where the angel passed by and he didn't deal with a household based on, their, on the fact that they were worthy. But he dealt with a household based on the fact that the lamb was worthy. And that's what, that's what Passover is all about. That's what Good Friday is all about. The whole story, every time. Now remember, when Jesus read the story, when he read the story about Passover, because he had, the, he had the law and the prophets, he had access to these writings. Every time he read the story, he knew it was talking about him. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Every step that Israel experienced from the sealing of the covenant by the death, by the death of a lamb, Salvation from the angel of death, Israel's provision, direction, God's protection and access into God's presence was based on the Lamb. That's why it's good for us to celebrate communion. As often as you remember this, as often as you do this, remember me. Hebrews 8 verse 8 to 12 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah, I will not be, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant, and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. And write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will know me. From the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. From the least of them to the greatest. This gospel is from the least to the greatest. In the Old Testament, we see that this gospel was really only accessed by the high priests. And it was only twice a year that they were able to go into the Holy of Holies and have an encounter with God. But what we celebrate today is a new covenant that applies from the greatest to the least. Where do you rate yourself? God rates you worthy. He doesn't apply to your rating. That's why when that blood was applied to the doorpost, it wasn't pertaining or it wasn't based on the quality of the people in the house. It was based on the fact that they appealed to the Lamb. We celebrate the new covenant, a better covenant. 
A covenant that's based on Jesus saying it is complete on the cross. Friends, there's so many scriptures. But before we're going to read through that Exodus 12 passage, and I want to highlight something to you, and then I'm going to show you a video clip. I want to say to you, remember that today is not something that we commemorate. It's not the crucifixion of Jesus that we commemorate and that all of Christianity, yes, all of Christianity and all of your relationship with God flows from the moment of the cross. But the gospel is the fullness that he was crucified for our transgressions. He was raised from the dead. He ascended into heaven and there he is interceding for us on the, on the right hand of God. So the question to the church today is, where does your gospel end? Where does the Passover message end for you? Because for many Christians, it ends at crucifixion. Today is the big day and it ends there. But they forget that Resurrection Sunday is coming. They forget the fact that the stone was rolled away. That he didn't stay dead. So do not allow your relationship with God to, to be to be a place that stops at the cross. Walk with Jesus. Follow me and I will make you fishers. Follow me. He was crucified. And then Sunday we're going to talk about the stone that was rolled away. The empty tomb. And what it means to us. And can I now give you a curveball. From Easter weekend we move into Acts. Where the Holy Spirit is poured out on all believers. And man, the church becomes dangerous. Man, the church becomes holy. Man, believers become a place or believers become people that will, that will die with a smile on their faces. As it said, if you, if you read some of the historical writings, they say Nero was one of the biggest persecutors of the Christian church. Nero killed, I don't know how many thousands of Christians. In the cruelest ways. That's where the, um, that's where the gladiator comes from. If you watch the movie Gladiators. People being torn apart by lions. Etc. 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 And you know how dangerous the Holy Spirit makes you. As I said in historical writings. That the thing that made Nero. That, that, that perturbed him the most. Was the smiles on the faces of the bodies of the martyrs. When we understand what we celebrate this weekend. When we understand not just the cross, the empty tomb, but when we also understand that God's plan for us is to receive the Holy Spirit. You can look beyond death and death will not phase you. It might not be easy, but it will not define you. And there will be a smile on the face of the martyrs. Because friends, there's the full promise. It said here that we... In Romans 5 verse 17, For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Let's move on to Exodus 12. This is the first mention of Passover. I'm going to read the whole passage to you. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Tell all the congregation of Israel 
that on the tenth day of this month every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. And then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts of the lintels of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head and its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it. With your belt fastened, with your sandals on your feet, with your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. And I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be to you a memorial day. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. There's so many things. And if you read this, you can... You can see a God that enters the lives of the Israelites as slaves. You can, see, you can see in this message that there's a messenger. The Lord God said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. When we celebrate this message, can you remember who shared the gospel with you? Can you remember, can you remember who invited you to church? Was it your mom and your dad? Was it a friend? Was it a cousin? Was it who... Who shared the message with you? So we see the messenger. And we see that God intervenes in humanity. He steps into a nation that is in slavery. That's what we commemorate today, friends. We see how God uses people. He takes Moses and Aaron and he sends them to Israel. Sometimes we hear the gospel from people we don't choose to hear it from. I don't know about you. But fruit, this is part of this gospel that we need to understand is God will call God will call people to share the gospel with you, to reveal Christ to you in a way that you can start worshiping him. We see the promise. This month shall be shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. God says that this date, the moment you understand the crucifixion of Jesus Christ will be like the first day. That's why, it, that's why we often refer to it as being born again. You are born again when you understand what happened on the cross. It is the first day. It's defining to you. It's defining to the way you live your life. Then we see the way. The lamb. A lamb for a household. The lamb. One year. No blemish. No fault. Four days of inspection, guiltless. 
And the focus here is the lamb and how that lamb substitutes the life that is in him for the sake of the household in him. For the sake of the household that he represents. Friends, I want us to look at a video clip. It's just such a powerful illustration of what happened that day. It's a gruesome account of the crucifixion. And I trust that in some ways God will just remove the scales from our eyes that we can see again what this Lamb of God did for us. Friends, what a gruesome picture of the physical suffering of Jesus Christ for our sakes. How much, much you love someone to go through this. And I trust that God will help us to understand that moment that the Lamb of God was slain for the sins of this world. And that that moment instituted a new covenant, a new way of approaching God, a new relationship with God that doesn't end at the cross. The Bible says, He who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. For the joy that was set before Him. So what we call Good Friday was pretty hectic. Because we deserve that. That's the ugliness of sin. That's the truth of the gospel. So can we dress it up nicely? Does our culture define that? Or does this define culture? Friends, if we understand this, nothing that you can do, the greatest act of obedience that you can apply is simply reasonable and it's simply worship because we interpret our lives through that moment. The same way the Israelites, the Israelites interpreted their, their freedom, their travel through the desert, their entry into the promised land. The promised land is symbolizing heaven one day. All of us will get to a Jordan. You know what our Jordan is? It's death, friends. It's the end of this eternal flesh life of us. But as you walk through the Jordan and you enter your promised land, which is eternity in God, eternity in heaven, you're going to see a God standing there and He's not going to say to you, how did you live your life? He's going to appeal to you to the moment when the Lamb that was slain died for you. That's why it's Good Friday. That's why Jesus is worthy of our worship. That's why we bow our knees and say, God, save me. And that's why God saves us. This is not just a message to get people to a place of salvation. This is a message to energize and to enthuse you and to give you perspective of that moment. And how that moment defines your life. Your life never defines that moment. And that is why we're going to celebrate communion together. What a privilege. We refer back to that moment.
as often as you drink this cup and eat this bread, remind yourself of the of story of Good Friday and the impact and the definition it gives to your life. Friends, may we use communion in relation to that moment. I'm sorry it was gruesome, but at times we need to rip off the... The, the, the lenses through, through which we look at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Because it's not Jesus. It's not loving God, gentle, meek and mild. It's God. It's Savior. It's Lord. And when we use communion together, we do it in remembrance of our Lord. You are welcome to, we're going to play the song in the background. You are welcome to just get up and go to the communion table and have a moment. And let's thank God for the message of Good Friday, the crucifixion. And let's look forward to Sunday where we celebrate the empty tomb and the stone that rolled away.